Hello. Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. one for us in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We are alive because he's alive. He's allowed us to see this day too. Amen. And allowed us to gather here in worship and wherever you are today. I know there are those of you who are tuning in to this broadcast in various parts of Africa and for some places it's already uh, they're already seven hours ahead of us, and you've already been in worship corporately. But you know, as believers, we don't just worship when we gather. We worship every day that we live, wherever we are. Amen. And we thank the Lord for his blessings and what he's done for us to make it possible that we could be in him. and We can be alive and be a part of what he's doing in this day and time that we live in. And that is so critical uh, that we understand and that we engage ourselves in what the Lord is doing in these days and times that we live in. Um, I remember growing up as a boy singing the old hymn to serve a charge to keep I have a God to glorify gave his son my soul to save and fitted for the sky. And he goes on to say uh, obeyed all my powers engaged to do my master's will but a part of that says to serve this present age my calling to fulfill oh may it all my powers engage to do my master's will um, I've had several opportunities over the past couple of weeks to talk about doing the will of God and in, in this day and time that we live in we should have been doing it all alone, but we need a better understanding of what it is to do the will of God. Amen. So today in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, and I'll read again a few of those verses, verse, beginning at verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of, let's say, unbelievers walk and the futility of their minds, having their understanding darkened, been alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their hearts, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Uh, you know what it is to be greedy. You just go after it. You eat it like you eat food like this is your last time eating with all greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, 
and that you put on the new man which was created according to God to true righteousness and holiness. Um, with this and, and the scripture that was read earlier, I want to talk about engaging the bigger picture. Engaging the bigger picture. So, Father, I thank you for this opportunity to stand in this place to proclaim your holy word. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you, God, for your calling and your election that is sure. Thank you for this opportunity and this privilege to share with your people that which you shared with me concerning engaging the bigger picture. Thank you, God, that you're bigger than us, that your view is much, much wider than ours that you sit above the earth and you see everything and your will is, is so vast that you call us to discover, to understand and walk in that will. So now, Lord, I pray for a fresh anointing of your spirit that I will communicate this message under your anointing, that I will speak clearly, that I will communicate effectively. Take me beyond myself, my own capabilities, my own mind, and take me into that place where you want me to be to share this message as you have communicated it and as you are communicating it. Be glorified now. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. I was reading um, a devotional last night before I went to bed. Actually, I listened to a devotional and it it, it it, it says zoom in or zoom out. It said zoom out, zoom out. And it was dealing with uh, James 1 and 17 uh, that talked about every good and every perfect gift comes from above, uh, from the Father of lights in whom there is no uh, variation, a shadow of turning. And talked about just seeing uh, the greatness of God's uh, blessings in the world and the, and the gifts that God has given to us. And as I, as I was um, thinking about that and, 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 you know, all this week just been thinking about some of the things that we discussed on, on our, our minister's call on Sunday night, the, the Lord has just been dealing with me about um, the bigger picture. And last night when I heard that word, those words zoom out, it began to just speak fresh revelation to me about how a lot of times we zoom in and we only see a little bit of what God is doing. Or we only see our perspective. And many times we fixate ourselves on our perspective and we don't really see the bigger picture. And God wants us, God wants the church especially, and, and only the church can see the bigger picture. And you know that, that for the longest I have been sharing about the responsibility of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in dealing with the issues that face us in America today and the world. Uh, it is the church's responsibility uh, above, beyond anyone else's responsibility uh, to, to deal righteous, rightly and righteously uh, with the issues that face us today. But we have to see the bigger picture. All of us have to see the bigger picture. So 
As I dive into this, I want you to pray along with me as I share with you some of the things that the Lord shared with me. So as we look at this, we know that God is at work. Definitely God is at work. I don't care what you see going on in the world around us. God is at work. He's at work. Amen. Even in the midst of even riots and protests and it's died down. But in the midst of that, God was at work. Yeah, God was at work. We, we may want to, to deny it, but again, that deals with how we fixate ourselves on a very limited, in a very limited way and not being able to see the bigger picture. God is at work. God is, is actually completing what he began in Christ over 2,000 years ago. God never stopped working. He's always working. Remember Jesus said, my father works and I work. And, and that should be the, the motto of the church. Our father works and we work. You know, and, and so God never stopped working. He's always, and, and he has to do that because in every generation, we, people have to be raised up. We really should be passing on uh, this work um, and, and the understanding of this work from generation to generation. But somehow or another, there's always a, a disconnect. There's always a disconnect. Just, just think about the number of young people who grew up in the ministry and now they don't want to have anything to do with the church. There's a disconnect. And it's not always the problem, it's not always the, the issue with the church, but it's the issue with where people's hearts are. Yeah, it's the issue with where people's hearts are. Temptation will come. Yeah, and Satan is always out here to divide us and separate us and draw us away from God, but we have to have enough commitment to God and wisdom that we don't allow the devil to pull us away. That we stay in, that we get an understanding that we get and understand that we are plugged in, that we are tied in. You know, I remember being a teenager, and I remember going to the clubs, and I remember a lot of sin that I did, but one thing I never did was stay away from the church physically. And because I didn't physically stay away from the church, the Lord was able to work some things in me as I sat under this word, which was active and alive, amen, which was quick and powerful, which was able to do things that, 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 that with my own mind I was not able to do. You know, and so we see people, we see this disconnect. And it didn't start in this generation. If you can recall, and I've, I've mentioned this several times, in the book of Judges, the Bible says there arose a generation that didn't know God. There was a disconnect. And so it becomes difficult to continually pass on this faith and continue this work the way God wants it. So in every generation, God has to continue to renew us, continue to build us, continue to draw us in so that we are part of his work. So in this day and in this time, you know, God is accomplishing his ends in the earth. And it seems like, you know, and I don't say seems like because I'm not God. Amen. So I can't say definitely, but it seems like God is doing this at a quicker pace than in the past. And maybe it's because, you know, God is, God is shaking up the church. God is overturning our accepted norms. Amen. And as we've said before, God is moving us out of our comfort zones. Amen. And his purpose is, glory to God, to get us to the place where we, where the body of Christ, where we are positioned and we are enabled to extend his victory over evil in the world. Amen. As he prepares for his return. Amen. That, that's so important. That's so important for us, excuse me, for us to understand. You know, it seems like the Jesus is, is almost at the point of returning. Of course, no man knows the day nor the hour when the Lord is going to return. But it seems like in this day, God is speeding up the process. 
Amen. Now, of course, it is not our job to eradicate evil. Amen. It's our job to extend Christ's victory over evil into the hearts and the lives of more and more people each and every day. How do we do that? We do that by sharing the gospel message, sharing the good news, by winning people to Christ. Amen. God uses us to take this message to the world. It's not our responsibility to make people believe. We, can't, we cannot make, a, make people believe or receive Christ, but we can share the gospel message. And the gospel message is always effective at reaching the hearts and minds of people. Amen. Amen. The problem with the church is that we tend to get short-sighted. And we tend to get sidetracked. Amen. And we tend to get set in our own ways. We, 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 when, when, and we fail to carry out the Great Commission. And when things are going good. Um, I, 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 I like to listen to Bishop G.E. Patterson, even though he's gone on to be with the Lord. And, and that singing the old time way, there's a song that he sings that says, pray for me while things are going well with you. Pray for me that the Lord will see me through. And so sometimes when things are going well with people, we forget to pray. Sometimes with the church even, when things are going well with us, we forget to do the things that God has called us to do or be who God has called us to be because things start going well. And remember, remember when, when God brought the children of Israel, I was preparing to bring them out of Egypt. He said, don't forget when you get into the land of promise, when things are going well, don't forget the God that brought you out. Don't forget where you, I don't know, I'm paraphrasing. Don't forget where you came from. So people tend to forget. And so we get shot out. When things are going well, many times we, we, we become like Peter, James, and John on the Mount of Transfiguration. We want to build a tabernacle. Why would you build a tabernacle? So you can stay there. And we forget that there is work in the valley that still needs to be done. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. We have to go back to God's agenda. We have to go back to God's agenda. And, when, and we have to stop fixating on one aspect of an issue and refuse to see opposing and varying views, making us slow to get on God's agenda and follow along with him when he is working. I've had a couple of conversations about Black Lives Matter. And depending on who I'm talking to, there is a fixated view. If I'm talking to a, 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 a white evangelical, <laughs> there is a fixated view. If I'm talking to a, a Republican, there is a fixated view. You know, and, I, and, and, and I want to be biased in the pulpit because sometimes we can have a fixated view. I'm, I'll get to that part. But if you watch Fox News, it, 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 now, now it's amazing how people can always talk about fake news and they believe that, that the news that they watch is the truth. But the news that everybody else watches is a lie. Because they, and, and this lady said this, and I just read, I didn't have time to read all of this this morning when things pop up on my phone. So it said, she, she talked about people that were at Mount Rushmore and you know how people are just, you know, just packing in there and, and just you know, just following. It's almost, she said, it's almost like a cult leader. 
Yeah, yeah. And people following blindly their cult leader. You know, and, and so sometimes when you look at all of this stuff that's happening, I've asked myself, what makes your perspective in the news that you listen to and the person that you read more correct than my perspective and the person that I read? What we all should be doing is zooming out. Yeah, thank you, Brother Bowell. <laughs> Going back to the Word of God and getting God's perspective on the entire issue. All right. So what if the, 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 the platform of a movement might not be what you want it to be? What about your brothers and your sisters who are of a darker complexion than you are, who have a different skin tone and color than you are, whose lives really matter? What about that? What about that? You know, what, what does God say? And, and really, this whole issue goes much farther than police brutality. It is much bigger than police brutality. It deals with injustice that have been leveled against our people, black people, brown people, but especially black people in the United States of America since we were taken from the shores of Africa and brought here against our will as slaves and never were we intended to be free. And the system has systematically, laws were put in place even after the end of slavery to disenfranchise us, to keep us poor, to keep us marginalized. When communities were developing and growing and, 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 and there were black businesses and people were doing well, they burned it down. They tore it up and burned it down and seized the property. Now, you know, for most of us, for a lot of people, all of that stuff doesn't matter. Even among black people, sometimes we don't even understand our history. We need to know our history. But for the person who is a follower of Jesus Christ, when you see that injustice has been leveled against any group of people, when you're willing to accept it, when you're willing to, 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 to bite the bullet and say, yes, we did this. Our nation is not that quote-unquote righteous and godly nation that we would like to think it is. We have systematically marginalized and disenfranchised and, 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 and oppressed groups of people in this nation. Then maybe you're on the road to allowing God to use you to bring transformation and change. Those lives matter. Matter. Beyond the movement. Forget the movement. And think about Jesus. Think about Christ. Think about his standard. Don't allow the movement to stop you from doing what you need to do. Amen. We should all be Christ followers. We should all be a part of the movement of Jesus Christ to eradicate evil from the world. Or to extend Christ's victory over evil. Shouldn't be an issue. 
should not be an issue that you want to sit down and talk with me about the things that have affected my people for generations in this nation. And it should not be an issue that we're ready to talk about it and that we are informed enough to talk about it. Yeah. Which means that we need to inform ourselves. You shouldn't be walking around in darkness talking about I don't know. No black person, no black person should ever say I've never been discriminated against. Don't be foolish. Just don't be foolish. Just don't be. Because you've been discriminated against. You might have grown up more protected than others, but you've been discriminated against. By, by virtue of being an African-American in this nation. You've been, and maybe you have discriminated against others. Or at least had biases against others. And you know, we have biases. You cook me some chitlins, I'm not eating it. I'm biased. I don't want chitlins. <laughs> Bless the name of Jesus. I'm biased when it comes to our worship. Amen. I said in a meeting once, I said, you know, because people use this terminology that, that the 11 o'clock now is not 11 anymore. It's, it's 8 and 9 and 1030, you know. But 11 o'clock is the most segregated hour in America. So I said, that really doesn't concern me because I like our worship. Amen. If I want to holler, I want to holler. If I want to run, I'm going to run. If I want to dance, I want to dance. I don't want to sit and listen to a 15-minute lecture. I want a preacher that's going to preach, amen, under the fire of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's going, I mean, it could be a white preacher. That's fine. You know, but give me some fire. Give me some loudness, you know. Give me some emotion. Glory to God. So I'm biased when it comes to worship. Now, I'll come and worship with you. Just like, you know, people who can't cook. You invite me to dinner, I may eat, but I'm going back home where I got some food that tastes good. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? So we all have biases, you know, you know, but, but we should not allow those biases, amen, to stop us from loving each other. And if the bias that we have is separating us and stopping us from loving each other, we need to get rid of that bias. And let me go on with, with this, this, this message. Amen. Amen. So as we look around us today, we see that, that there, I'm going to move over just a little bit. I'm going to run from the sun. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. One day we'll get back to the day when I have somebody close to me uh, that'll help me out. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So, so. Uh, we see change all around us. We see change all around us. As much as people want things to remain the same or be like they used to be, it's just not happening. It's just not happening. And I don't, ex and, and, and I don't expect people who don't have a personal relationship with God to really see or understand this. Amen. Even when it comes to the body of Christ. This is by the Spirit of God. God is doing a work in this world. Amen. And, and what I'm seeing is when I see what's happening in this movement that's going across the United States of America, God has bypassed many church leaders because of that fixated 
perspective. God has bypassed the church leadership, and God has went and, and, and touched the hearts of the people to, for people to come together and say, what's been happening in this nation is wrong. Yeah. And God, God has done that in the past. And God will do that because God's will is going to be accomplished with or without you. You may be important in your own eyes, and you may be important to the people that you serve, but God will move in spite of you. And that's what's happening. That's what we see going on around us. Amen. What we, what we are seeing happening with the outcry for social justice and equality and the recognition of humanity and the rights of all people, this is from God. This is God's doing. God is continuing a process that has always been a part of his agenda, that has always been a part of his character, amen, that has always been a part of the way he has his plan for people on the earth. God is a just God, amen, and he has mandated in the scriptures that people treat each other with equity and justice. We're to love like Christ loved. And we're to treat people like Christ would treat people. Amen. God sent Jesus to die for Jews and Gentiles alike. Now think about that. Black and white was not the issue for him. Because he created one man and one woman. And from that one man and that one woman... The rest of the earth was populated. Are you understanding me? So you say, where did we get black from? Because our people stayed in Africa. We had to adjust to the, we had to adjust to the, uh, to the sun. Amen. People that moved to Europe and Asia, and they didn't have the heat that we had in Africa, they had all of these different, that's, that's my perspective now. That ain't God, that's me. But when you study the scriptures, you see God talks about Jews and Gentiles. And it says to the Jews, you are not the most important people on the face of the earth. You are not to think of yourselves as superior to, to people who don't follow me. My love, my concern is for all people, whatever ethnicity they are, whatever part of the world they come from. In short, God's plan is to rescue as many people from the bondage of sin and evil as possible. That's the issue. He intends to use every person rescued to go back and rescue others. Skin color does not matter. Education levels do not matter. Economic status does not matter. Amen? In the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are all to be engaged in advancing God's agenda in the earth realm. Yeah. Notice Paul's words in, in the book of Galatians chapter 3, verses 27 to 29. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither male nor female. For you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and you are heirs according to 
the promise. If skin color was an issue in the church, God would have mentioned it here and in other places. But it was not an issue, and it never should be an issue. If we are in Christ is the main point. Are you in Christ? And see, the problem in the church today is that there are a lot of people in the church, but they're not in Christ. Now, some people in the church are still growing and still developing. Y'all still with me? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the point. In Christ. Because being in Christ means that his spirit lives in me. Now, so if you are part of a church that does not believe in the active power of the Holy Spirit and being spirit-filled and being led by the Spirit, what a danger you are in. Even the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. That's why it's active and alive, quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. That's why it cuts because it is the sword of the Holy Ghost. So if you don't believe in the Holy Spirit filling you, changing you, and empowering you, then you are at a significant disadvantage. You are in serious danger. So it's hard for you to change because you don't even, you resist the power of the Holy Ghost. Just like Stephen when he preached to those those. Pharisees and scribes and Sadducees. He said, you always resisted the power of the Holy Ghost. So when the Holy Spirit tries to change you because you don't believe, you don't even allow him. You, you, get, this, you get this sense inside of you that, 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 that what you're thinking is not right. What you, but, but because you resist his power, you yield to your old self. Lord, help us today. Help us today. Yeah. Being in Christ, being in Christ. So I don't want to keep you too long. So let's go to the heart of this matter. I probably mentioned it already. There is a bigger picture that a whole lot of people are not seeing. Some in the body, as I said, are fixating on the negativity of the protesting, the rioting, the destruction of property, and what they call this controversial platform of Black Lives Matter. And they're not perceiving how God is moving in the midst of this, or in spite of this. On the other side are those that are fixated on the movement and the police brutality and on social injustice and on the history of racism and, and the dehumanization of black people. Fixated on this. There's been this stuff that's been going on since the beginning of this nation. And it's vitally important. We can't stop focusing on that but God wants us focusing on him. Don't forget the problem, but focus on him. Because ultimately, we can't solve the problem. Only God can solve the problem. And as we all focus on God, we open up ourselves for God to change us so that we allow him to fix this issue that's going on that is a heart issue in this nation that we live in. God wants us focusing on him, not just to fix the issue, but also so that we can see the bigger picture. 
A friend said to me that if we're not careful, this thing is going to divide the church. I didn't say it, but I, I should have said it. And when I talked to him again, I would say, well, brother, I'm sorry to inform you, but the church is already divided. The church is already divided. We didn't divide the church. You divide the church when you had slaves. And you put them up in the loft if you allowed them to worship with you like the Presbyterians did. Put them up in the balcony. And as one of our close Presbyterian churches did, they built a wall. And they put little vent holes in the walls so that the black people could be behind the wall and could could join them in their worship behind the wall while they worshiped in the openness downstairs. And you say, the church is divided. You divided the church. You divided the church with hatred, with racism. You divided the church. There were some people who, 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 who worked to bring about unity, but the church is divided. And, and you know, the sad thing is, is and this may be just me, but I'm just going to be just honest with you today. There, there are a lot of us that just don't trust some of our white brothers and sisters. Because you say one thing. And you do another. And I really don't want to make this political, but I'm going to make it political. Every time you go to the voting booth, especially in this time, and you vote for someone who is divisive, you vote for someone who, 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 who deliberately says things, amen, to, 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 to cause hatred and, 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 and politicize this, and it can happen on both sides. I've always said we need an option in the United States of America. We need more than just Republicans and Democrats. But sometimes it just seems that the Democratic Party has more empathy for people. It seems that way. This is me. It ain't God. All right. This seems like, you know, you know the love of money is the root of all evil. So when you push capitalism, when you push the economy above humanity, you love money more than you love God. And I know it takes money for the world to work. But a lot of people, you know, when you talk to people, they say, well, I voted for Trump because he's going to make the economy better. Mm -hmm. Money. Money. You vote for who you want to vote for. I'm just saying what I'm saying. Yeah. God, God wants us in all of this focusing on him. So even after I say what I'm saying, my reflection has to go back to God. God, what is your perspective? God, help me to see the bigger picture. Help me to see how I can involve myself and engage myself in what you are doing in this world around me. Yeah. 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 Ephesians gives us great help in this issue of seeing the bigger picture. 
In this letter, Paul, by the Holy Spirit, unveils to us the mystery of the church as no other epistle. And as we study this book, we see God's secret intention revealed uh, to form a body, to form a body to express Christ's fullness on earth. This is, this is what the church is supposed to be. Paul, Paul gives us revelation in this book. That, yeah. And also to do this by uniting one people, both Jew and Gentile, among whom God himself dwells. All right? To empower, to equip, and to mature this people to the end that they would extend Christ's victory over evil on this earth. This is what Ephesians reveals to us. This is what God's purpose is in this bigger picture. So then... We are the body of Christ. One body. And you read Ephesians. Just read it. Go back and read it. And I, I, I won't preach the whole book. But you see this, this concept of oneness throughout the book of Ephesians. Never black and white. All right? Never Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Holiness, Pentecostal, Catholic. Never. Never. One body. One baptism. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. You see this, this concept of oneness throughout this. Forming a body that would express Christ's fullness on earth. As, to, as of today, we've not yet attained that goal. We've not yet, not the church as a whole. We've not yet reached there to express Christ's fullness on earth. Uniting one people, we see that we've not yet gotten there. You're not your God now. We're not one people. We're not one people. Amen. Not even in the church. Not even in the church. A lot of times you look at the church where there are some black people that will go and join, uh, sit under white pastors, and a lot of times the leadership doesn't reflect that. I look at the history of the Assemblies of God in the world. <laughs> and when I first went to Burkina Faso and I shared this uh, how can you not want to worship with black people in America and not even allow black people in your church and then you go over to Africa I guess to save those heathens. But in America black people are not good enough to worship with you. And I think it was not until the 70s that, that black people were allowed in leadership in the Assemblies of God Church. And I may be wrong about that number. But think about that. We're not one body. We're not one. We're not one. Not yet. So Christ, God, is, God is still trying to get us to see the bigger picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he can equip us and empower us and mature us so that we can extend his victory over evil. See, if, if we were working, and, and, and Tony Evans said this in a message he preached in 2015, the church could have fixed this problem a long time ago. The church. All this power we have, we're binding and loosing, we're casting out devils. We're healing the sick. 
But we still separate when it comes to the color of our skin. It's okay if you come to us, but we're not coming to you. Because your churches are not good enough for us. Your pastors are not educated enough for us. And some of us forget that those same uneducated preachers that we grew up under, that prayed for our mamas and our daddies and our sisters and our brothers, that went to our graduations, glory to God, that buried our dead, that married us. When we got educated, then they were not educated enough for us, so we left our uneducated pastors and we went to where the quote-unquote educated folk were who didn't really care about us. Mm. Yeah, I have a whole lot to say about that, but I won't say that today. Because we sometimes, in the back of our minds, for some of us, we still have that concept. If you're white, you're right. If you're black, get back. Now, I know some people be mad at me because you say I, I, I've characterized you. But just, just deal with it. <laughs> deal with it. You know, a lot of things that I preach, I deal with. So don't get mad at me because I'm dealing with stuff. I think about things. I'm a very reflective person. My wife said, what you thinking about? And I said, well, I mean, I'm thinking about tying my shoes. But I might be thinking about what's, 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 what's in my heart against people because I don't want to be wrong in the sight of God. I don't want to stand before the judgment seat of God and say, hear him say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. For I don't know you. I may not be able to express all of that at the moment, so I may be just thinking about tying my shoes. I tell you, I reflect on a whole lot of stuff. I used to walk. When I was in college, I would just take walks by myself. When I was a boy, I would take walks by myself and go through the woods so I could think on life and issues. And I, as I got into the Word of God, I would reflect on the Word of God and how it applies to my life and then how it applies to the world. Anyway, so, so, so how do we see the bigger picture? Let me rush through this. Um, we're already at 10 o'clock, huh? <laughs> Bless the name of Jesus. The Lord is good. Y'all bear with me for, for five minutes, all right? All right. Count, count for me, five minutes, okay, for the message, all right, all right. First of all, the first thing to note is that we must mature in Christ. Maturing is the process of dealing with difficult questions of life and faith. It is not just Jesus. And I go to church and sing, oh, how I love Jesus, and I put my flowers on my head. It's dealing with difficult issues of life and faith. So when we look at this, the first thing that, that, that Paul talks about from probably uh, chapters uh, 1 to 4, he talks about, uh, one, uh, 4 to 6, he talks about this walk of uh, the stand. In the beginning, he talks about our stand, who we are in Christ, how we stand, identifying ourselves in Christ. And really knowing our position in Christ. We're seated with him in heavenly. He has redeemed us by his precious blood. We're seated with him in the heavenly realms. We're already seated above principalities and powers and all of these things. Now you can go and read the rest of this so that I can stay in my five minute time frame. And the last thing he does is he talks to us about how we walk this out. 
And this is the thing that the church needs to learn. How do we walk this out? So, in walking this out, after we understand the mystery of, the, of Christ and his church, one of the main issues of Ephesians is he teaches us to walk in unity. Walk in unity. His desire is that we grow up in him, that we're no longer children but tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. All of this stuff, all of these theological positions that have been formulated by theologians as they sit in the ivory towers and reflect on some of them are good. But ultimately, we come back to the Word of God and what God has said in His Word. That we are to be a body that is joined together and knit together by what every joint supplies. I have something to supply to the body. Black people have something to, uh, to supply to the body. We can't be complete without our white brothers and our white sisters. And they can't be complete without their black brothers and their black sisters. We can't, none of us can be complete without our Indian brothers, our Native American Indian brothers and sisters, and our Asian Americans. And, 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 and we can't demonize people. We cannot do it. We're to put on the new man. We're to walk in love. We're to walk in light in, in, in every relationship. Even down to the marriage relationship and the parent-child relationship, we are to reflect the Lord Jesus Christ. He teaches us what our stand is. Once we get that picture, we're on the way to seeing the bigger picture. Then he teaches us how to walk it out. And this thing has to be walked out. I cannot just walk it out among you, Tabernacle of Praise. I've got to walk it out in the world. I cannot just walk it out among my quote-unquote brothers and sisters in Christ. I've got to walk this out in the world as I interact with Muslims and, and Buddhists and, 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 and Jews and, and Hindus and, and people that don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. I've got to walk it out in the world. And as I walk it out, as we walk it out, we engage with Jesus in extending his victory over evil. The thief comes, still kill and destroy. And he's doing it regardless of the color of a person's skin. He's doing it regardless of an educational level. He's doing it regardless of an economic status. The church has to see what our responsibility is. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this world around us. Thank you for how you're ministering to us and helping us to see the bigger picture, Lord God. We know it's not about us. It's not about uh, the protesting. It's not about, it's not about even the, 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 the racism, God, but it's about your will being worked out in this world and eradicating evil or extending your victory over evil in whatever form this evil comes in. Help us to see you. Help us to see your picture. Help us to see what you want to do with us. So we're not fixated on one issue or another issue. But our fixation is on you. Your will.
Well, that brings us to the end of the message for today. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.